Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. In this episode, we are discussing chapter number seven, Organized Planning, the Crystallization of Desire into Action. Now, this is a fairly long chapter, therefore I've decided to cut it short. The first part will talk about uh, leadership and subsequently we'll go through the other parts of the chapter which talk about media, applying for positions, building careers, building products and services, etc. And this is, as the title suggests, uh, it's about organizational planning in order to plan yourself as a leader of a position, apply, understand um, various media channels, understand various products, services, what you can offer to the company, what the company can offer to you, etc. So with that, let's begin. Napoleon Hill starts with saying, you've learned that everything man creates starts with desire. That desire is taken on the first lap of its journey from the abstract to the concrete into the workshop of the imagination where plans for its transition are created and organized. In chapter two, you were instructed to take six definite practical steps. One of these steps is the formation of a definite practical plan of plans. You will now be instructed how to build plans, which will be practical. In this, he also gives us four steps that we can use to build effective plans. First, ally yourself with a peer group. He calls this the mastermind group. People who are who have several skills to offer, different than each other, but good in unison, good in cooperation. Step two, before forming your mastermind group, decide what advantages and benefits you may offer to the individual members of the group in return for their cooperation and never pick someone who can not offer something within the group or can offer something that is already present. Step number three, arrange a regular meeting. He advises twice a week, some, some place, some time where everybody's free from any encumbrance and can develop your mastermind project at once. Step four, maintain perfect harmony between, between yourself and every member of your mastermind group. If you fail to carry out this instruction to the letter, you may expect to meet with failure. He also advises us to keep in mind two facts. You are engaged in an undertaking of major importance to you. To be sure of success, you must have plans which are faultless. You must have the advantage of experience, education, native ability, and imagination of other minds as well. No individual has sufficient experience, education, and ability to ensure the accumulation of a great fortune without the cooperation of other people. Therefore, it is important to collaborate. And this is a point that uh, was also made in the previous book, uh, The Richest Man in Babylon by Sam Klassen. Um, it's about collaborative advantage, not competitive advantage, where we are in a zero-sum competition, where there is a winner and a loser. We are in a positive-sum competition where both parties end up better off by creating something. In this case, the rules to create something are what Napoleon Hill lays out, but the creation comes from us. And what we create is always going to make the person better off. You don't create something or someone doesn't consume something, does not make them better off. But he suggests that when you create a plan and the plan fails, what can you do? This is what Napoleon Hill advises. If the plan which you adopt does not work successfully, replace it with a new plan. 
If this plan, new plan, if this new plan fails to work, replace it in turn with still another, and so on until you find a plan that does. Right there in this point, at which the majority of men meet with failure, because of their lack of persistence in creating new plans, take the place of old ones. Just keep this fact in mind and remember, when your plan fails, that temporary defeat is not permanent failure. He gives examples of Henry Ford. He gives an example of Thomas Edison. He gives example gives an example of several industrialists whom he has um, learned from throughout the 20th century who have encountered failure several times. He says, "No man is ever whipped until he quits in his own mind." This fact will be repeated many times because it is so easy to take account at the first sign of defeat. We see men who have accumulated great fortunes, but we often realize only their triumphs, overlooking the temporary defeats which they had to surmount before arriving. And he gives a very apt quote, and I'm not sure if this is the first time uh, this quote has ever been laid out in words, but we've probably heard it several times. But remember, this book was written in the 19th 40s in 1937 to be precise. <clears throat> he says, a quitter never wins and a winner never quits. Some people foolishly believe that only money can make money. This is not true. Desire transmuted into its monetary equivalent through the principles laid down here is the agency through which money is made. And in order for that to happen, you need persistence. You need persistence to persist when a plan fails until you find one that is eventually successful. He also advises us um, on planning for the sale of anything, the sale of services, for the sale of product, for the sale of ideas. Now, he, he, the time in which he, he lived, there was a hype, and still is to a certain extent, of marketing services, especially personal services, services that can be executed for one person through another whether it's services of writing, services of designing, services of whatever. But this is very important in the day and age we live in where independent freelance work is picking up, whether it's in the form of designing a website, uh, writing copy for a website, uh, coding or building a website, um, launching a product, selling a product, et cetera. And, and, and he says this in the following words, intelligent planning is essential for success in any undertaking designed to accumulate riches. Here will be found detailed instructions to those who must begin the accumulation of riches by selling personal services. And in this, um, he, he, he says that the people who sell personal services there are two kinds. One, you have leaders. Leaders who build a service, build an army of people who will sell their service for them. And you have followers. Followers are people who will execute the leader's service, but it's not often... It's not always the case where a follower is, is at the lower ring. A follower, it's, it's, it's sometimes even good to be a follower. He says it's no disgrace to be a follower. On the other hand, it is no credit to remain a follower. An intelligent follower has many advantages. Among them is the opportunity to acquire knowledge from his leader. He mentions 11 attributes, major attributes of leadership, and I will mention them in, in passing. Unwavering courage. No follower wishes to be dominated by a leader who lacks self-confidence and courage. Self-control. A man who cannot control himself can never control others. Keen sense of justice. 
No leader can command and retain the respect of his followers if he does if he is not fair. Definiteness, definiteness of decision. The man who wavers in his decisions shows that he is not sure of himself. Definiteness of plans. Leader who moves any who moves by guesswork without practical definite plans is comparable to a ship without a rudder, directionless. The habit of doing more than paid for. One of the penalties of leadership is the necessity of willingness. You must be willing to do everything. Pleasing personality. Leadership calls for respect, and in this in this particular aspect of leadership, he breaks it down based on leadership by force, leadership by example. Sympathy and understanding. He must understand them and their problems. Them being his followers. Mastery of detail. Successful leadership calls for mastery of details for the leader's position. Willingness to assume full responsibility at all times. Cooperation. Leadership calls for power and power calls for cooperation. He says, as I said earlier, there are two forms of leadership. There's leadership by consent or by example through cooperation. There's leadership by force, which is leadership by authority. Uh, the example of leadership by authority, especially in the 19, 1940s, was, was various dictators that were popping around all throughout the world. But he says that those, uh, those forms of leaders, those dictators were on their way down and leadership by force was the one that was truly shining. Leadership by consent, leadership by example of the follower is the only brand which can endure. Men may follow the forced leadership temporarily, but they will not do so willingly. The man who makes these the basis of his leadership will find abundant opportunity to lead in any walk of life. The depression was prolonged, the depression being the Great Depression following the 1920s. The depression was prolonged, largely because the world lacked leadership of the new brand. At the end of the depression, the demand for leaders who are competent to apply the new methods of leadership has greatly exceeded the supply. Now, if you think about this in simple economical terms, if there is an increase in demand for good leaders, there is a deficiency of supply. The only thing that will happen is that people will pay more for more competent leaders, pay more in the form of compensation, pay more in the form of status, pay more in the form of everything. And that's where true leaders can shine. But there are pitfalls. There are pitfalls of being a leader. There are, there are, there are causes of failures of leadership. And, and, and Napoleon Hill lays, lays out 10 of them. Inability to organize details. No genuine leader ever too busy to do anything. Unwillingness to render humble service. Truly great leaders are willing when occasion demands to perform any sort of labor which they would ask another to perform. Expectation of pay for what they know instead of what they do with that, with that which they know. Fear of competition from followers. If you are, and this is an important point which I had to read over and over again. The leader who fears the one, uh, the, the, the leader who fears that one of his followers may soon rise up and take his job is not a leader in, in, in and of himself. Only in this way may a leader be fearful. The point of the leader is to allow the follower to take as much responsibility so that he is freed up to do more important things. That's, that's the case with any job that requires innovation. The reason why so many jobs have sort of without the way is because people have realized that this can be automated or this can be you know put to the low rounds and 
we can focus on more important things. Lack of imagination. Without imagination, the leader is incapable of meeting emergencies. Selfishness, the leader who claims all the honor for work for his followers, for um, all the honor of work for his followers is sure to be met by his impertinence or a lack of respect. If he does not show a lack of, if he does show a lack of respect for his followers, what good is he? Disloyalty, the leader who is not loyal to his trust and to his associates, those above him and those below him cannot long maintain his leadership. Emphasis of the authority of leadership. The efficient leader leads by encouraging and by example, not by trying to instill fear in the hearts of his followers. If this does happen, then you are only a temporary leader. And once forces applied to you, it is relinquished from your followers. Emphasis of title. A leader is not a leader by the title that is given to him. Leader is a leader because he has taught, he, he is teaching his followers how to do a particular process, to, to, to do a particular service. These are among the more common of the causes of failure in leadership. And one of these faults is efficient to induce failure. Study the list carefully if you aspire to leadership and make sure that you are free of these. He also lists down some fertile fields in his words in which new leadership will be required. And looking back at these, almost a century later, I definitely say that this form is need, this, these, these kinds of leaders are, are required in our 21st century as well. He lays down examples like politics, banking, industry, law, relig religious leaders, leaders in, in the form of uh, in, in news media, etc. And, and we've seen this, we've seen this with so many, so many professions now that you require a leader to be to break away from the banking system and create something that is completely different, whether that is a neobank, whether that is a cryptocurrency. In the form of, 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 of journalism, he says, newspapers of the future to be conducted successfully must be divorced from special privilege and relieved from the subsidy of advertising. And that we can see in the form of subscription-only newspapers, which do not have any advertising. The, the readers pay for it. And that has evolved into the form of single form uh, 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 writers where single stream, single channel writers, but they take the help of a, of a newsletter service and write directly for their readers. They have no publishing channel. He gives the example of religious leaders of the future would be forced to give more attention to the temporal needs, temporal meaning the worldly needs rather than the spiritual needs. What is required right now? What is required in, in the immediacy rather than in the afterlife? And there are but a few fields in which opportunities for new leaders and a new brand of leadership are now available. The world is undergoing a rapid change. This means that the media through which the changes in human habits are promoted must be adapted to these changes. And as his world was changing, then our world is changing. Now, and the importance of leadership, the importance of organized planning cannot go amiss, especially when, when, when reaching out into your financial uh, uh, situation. It's important to take charge of finances at the start through organized planning. And that is what he is, is, is saying to us. And we will discuss the rest of the chapter in the subsequent episode. But that's it from this chapter uh, and in this episode. Thank you for listening. And if there's any way that this, this can be improved, please do let me know in the comments below. Thank you. And I'm out.